Welcome to Do The Woo, episode 152. Anna, you're my co-host today. How are you? Hi there. I'm actually really good. I had a long, nice vacation, but not that long, but long enough to skip one episode of Do The Woo. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm trying to decide, do we miss Bob when we're doing this? I know he's behind the scenes. Oh, of course we miss Bob. <laughs> no, we, we should say that, right? Bob is, Bob is fantastic. And we have a fantastic guest today. Maziar, welcome to Do The Woo. It's great, great to have you. Uh, hello to you too, uh, Jonathan and Anna. Uh, it's a pleasure being part of this show and this episode. And uh, hello to your uh, great audience uh, as well. Maziar, we have uh, our opening question that we're going to throw at you now. How do you do the woo? So um, I have actually um, an exp- a uh, history of 10 years, about 10 years with WordPress. Uh, I have co-founded a company called ArtBees, which is basically a WordPress company uh, so, so far, at very least. And uh, we specialize in uh, creating a different range of, uh, a wide range of WooCommerce, uh, WordPress and WooCommerce products and services, including uh, JupyterX WordPress team, uh, Grammatic, which is a uh, marketing automation and personalization for WooCommerce, uh, WP Done, which is a white label uh, WordPress services. Uh, as well as Wonder WP, which is an extension for a free extension for Elementor, uh, to create, uh, you know, reusable and ready made styles for Elementor. That's actually a summary of what we have done, uh, up to this day. So you guys have done a lot of different things. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to unpacking that in a bit more detail. Let's first start with your own background. Like how did WordPress first come across your radar? And then I'll ask you the same about Woo. Uh, sure. So I'm originally Iranian. Uh, me and my brother, back in 2010, when we were in uh, Tehran, Iran, we actually uh, were both designers, graphic and UI designers, and we were working in, co- in different companies uh, as designers. So we had a, a chance of working with different kinds of clients and designing them uh, different websites. So uh, we were very close to their you know, problems and their needs. And we were thinking of a solution, a, uh, you know, uh, a, a platform, a, a product that can, uh, you know, help them, uh, you know, set up the, their own websites without the need to the, the, the agencies. And uh, it, it wasn't because we thought uh, an agency is an extra yeah. in the process, but there were some frictions back in time that may even even be relevant now uh, between the client and uh, the agency. And we were in between these two poles, and um, we, we we thought how it's come, how it's possible to actually uh, make websites uh, for clients without the need for them to do this, you know, uh, coming and going and interacting with agencies and making them, um, you know. Uh, capable of updating that uh, website, adding content to that. So we got familiar with uh, WordPress and we started our activity um, back in 2011 in Theme Forest, uh, which is actually where we are uh, selling our uh, premium WordPress team, JupyterX. And since then we have, um, uh, we have had about uh, like a hundred and fifty thousand 
users and it's still active and um, up and running. So that's how we started our WordPress journey. I'm, I'm curious about that with, with ThemeForest at the time, like how did you make that decision to go to the platform? Because that was still, that was still pretty early days. Did you consider like selling it yourself? Like how did you make that, that initial decision? It was in 2011, almost 2011, when we submitted uh, many different uh, themes, not many, but like about three different themes, and they were all rejected for, for uh, some reasons, some uh, about design, some about the technicality. And uh, we were able to submit uh, our first official theme there, which had a different name. That was 2011. And the reason that we ended up in Team Forest was that since we were both graphic designers, uh, we actually started our activity in that marketplace with graphic assets, ready-made graphic assets. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And it was actually, um, you know, uh, in the deviant art as well. We were, we were good in submitting, you know, freebies there and stuff. So we thought it's time for monetization and we, uh, we found Graphic River. So when we started with Graphic River, in um, in a lot of marketplaces, we also got to see Team Forest, which is for the WordPress themes, and that's how we ended up in uh, Team Forest. How did WooCommerce like first come across your radar? When did that come into the picture? So uh, naturally, when we uh, created a team, we wanted to make it comprehensive because the first thing that you want to solve a lot of uh, you know problems. Uh, from the client side is to give enough features and enough customization possibility. And for sure, for many, for a big section of the clients, uh, having an online shop is a must. And WooCommerce was a solution given by uh, WordPress for, for um, those clients. And that's how we, we uh, you know, first started with creating, uh, you know, for uh, different kinds of customizations for WooCommerce stores inside our teams. And uh, then we added a lot of different, uh, you know, templates for different kinds of WooCommerce, um, you know, niches, I mean, online um, shopping types and kinds. And uh, yeah. So I want to go back to your personal background for just a moment. So you, so I heard two things. One, you started out with a design background and, and also it sounds like you, you started working with your brother. That's what you mentioned, right? Uh, yeah, we started as two and uh, like almost a few weeks later, uh, uh, a third co-founder, which was a very close and talented uh, friend of mine, Bob joined us as the technical, you know, guru. And that's how the trio, uh, shaped. And are you guys still working together? Yeah, we are still together and that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. How did you start in design? Like for, for you as a, was that a, always an interest from a young age or like what, what led you into design as a career path? Uh, so I can say I had, uh, I, I was a nerd, to be honest, when I was in the, yeah, in, um, let's say middle school, I think me and my brother were just crazy for computers and, um, you know, we actually won awards, uh, n- not we, sorry, I, I actually won an award to just answer very, very unusual for my age kind of computer question about something that was popular back then. Uh, it was called um, Cold Fusion. I don't oh, know if you yeah. remember. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I got awarded. Anyway, but I also had interest in um, art. My, uh, actually, um, high school education was... Uh, 
concluded with our David High School uh, diploma in graphic design. Even though before in previous years it was about math, you know, uh, it was more into mathematics. So anyway, that's uh, how I uh, you know started my teenage. I mean, ended my teenage years with the mixture of these two, uh, and I tried to keep a balance between these two. Um, I mean, art and my interest into um, you know computers and the digital world. And then there was another thing that I ended up, you know, doing, which was theater. I actually chose not none of these two and ended up going into a uh, acting career uh, for about like six, seven years of my 20s. I did education up to master's in and theater directing and theater acting both. Uh, it was a very hard mission for me to keep a balance of all of these things. I actually uh, started uh, the the company Artbees uh, as well as my, my uh, pro, uh, uh, student life and um, you know acting career all together up to a point that was not possible and that's where I just dropped the acting career now temporarily but it's still on hold so I'm not sure when I'm going to go back to that but hopefully hopefully someday soon. So you're a person of many many talents. What I'm wondering right now is that out of all of the things that you were passionate about and all of the things you know, you present yourself as a marketing specialist and also as an entrepreneur. So how did you make this choice? There is a gap there. Oh, uh, well, that's a that's an interesting question I have been asked many times. I actually think that my background is kind of, uh, you know, different and multi uh faceted background helped me uh enter and uh thrive in the marketing space and also product design these are both uh, things that i'm actually doing in these years uh, because um you know my background in design and working with uh, different clients helped me understand their needs and uh, also go good with aesthetics of the job my acting career and experience helped me understand different personalities and dig dig deep into the, the characteristics and see how can how should I tailor my message for different kinds of people, which is the personas in selling or marketing, right? And this helped me also in a way to uh, design the products. I mean, in product design, not the the aesthetics, the strategy and the concept. So I think, uh, in a way, I have been, uh, you know, using, making use of these all, uh, you know, you say talents. I, I hope that they are talents. Uh, but this experience uh, in my career, that's what I think. So let's go back to, to Art Beza. When you, you got that first theme on Theme Forest, when did you know you had something? Like, what did, did it start... Did it start getting lots of sales right away? Did it take a while to build? Like, at what point were did you know? And maybe you knew from the beginning, but what point did you know that we can build a business on this? Uh, it took a while, and it was actually so dramatic. Uh, it was in the garage, uh, uh, you know, story like many other startups, but it was something like garage when we actually started this. We were into a deserted um, parking lot. That's where we where we started our thing. Nice. Uh, so we submitted many uh, successful graphic items in graphic work, and they went popular. Uh, and we were like very hopeful that the same thing was going to happen in Team Forest, which actually didn't happen. We submitted uh, two items, and they were rejected immediately. 
because one of them was marked as an amalgamation of different, uh, you know, styles and, you know, features and is not quite ready to be sold. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. And, uh, then uh, that, that was when my brother and Bob, or, I mean, Ruzba and Bob, they both, uh, went to Malaysia for education. One in, uh, medicine, um, I think, sorry, medical, uh, science and uh, Ruse, uh, into graphic design. And, uh, I'd also left to uh, Cyprus. So we were just ah, interesting. not together anymore. And, uh, we continued our journey uh, remotely. So while they were in Malaysia and I was in Cyprus, we, we worked on another uh, third team, WordPress team that was finally uh, approved. And that, that was actually the beginning. Now, I'm curious, uh, had you had, were all those trips already planned? Or when you started, was it like, hey, if this takes off, we'll just do this? So you had that moment where you submitted and then it didn't quite take off yet. And you guys went your different ways. Was that a conditional thing? Were you going to take off anyway? Or did or was that based on whether it was going to take off? No, no, it was just the need of that time. We wanted to continue with the edu- our higher educations and stuff. And Got it. that was inevitable. So then you just worked distributed. <laughs> yes, yes. And we were not planning for this, especially when you leave your country. Uh, you have to be very cautious with the spending and the stuff. We, we, we were short on budget. There, there had been some the dramatic nights that we, you know, uh, we, we spent during working on these, uh, you know, these themes, WordPress themes. So you kept working together remotely. At what point did you know that like, all right, you had something, how long did it take before it started to, to accelerate? So we were working on these different uh, versions of uh, the teams for about two years. After two years, it was it was approved, and uh, fortunately, when it was approved, it uh, it was very welcomed by uh, the marketplace. Back then, the, the competition was quite um, you know uh, lower compared to what it is now. Inside and outside Team Forest, there there wasn't uh, as much competition as you see today. But still, there was competition, and we were quite new to the community. So uh, we were lucky. We were uh, our final, uh, you know, submission um, actually got accepted, and it went to the the top sellers charts for about a month. And then we continued our journey with some more teams. Uh, later on, we introduced Jupiter in 2013 and then retired the older ones and we chose that to become the primary product that you want to maintain for a lifetime. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought one of your themes way back in the day. I couldn't find it um, because I'm sure it was retired, but like I recognized the logo. No, I, I think I, I recognized it. It was a positive association. Like, hey, I remember this. I think I, I did, must have done this for a client way back in the day or something. Um so you, you launched Jupiter at what point? So now you have a lot of other things that you do under the art bees brand and you've, and you've created other things out of that. Tell me, well, I guess, so in those first couple of years, what are some of the lessons that stand out to you? Like, what are some of the things that you learned from that, the getting started stage of the business? Yeah. One important, maybe the most important thing uh, that we learned was the, the very essence of WordPress as uh, a solution, which is a piece, which has a piecemeal structure. And this uh, is useful and this is advantageous in some way and disadvantages in some other ways. 
So the mission for every uh, WordPress team uh, that is, uh, you know, promising, you know, covering different sectors and different niches uh, is to maintain the balance between the customizability and user experience. Because when you just bundle your uh, team with a lot of plugins, because WordPress allows you to do that, plugins and customizations, sometimes you, you make everything possible, but nothing is actually possible a good way. And we, it's, it was uh, a hardly learned lesson for us. So uh, we wanted to make sure, that's why we actually reconfigured our team, uh, JupyterX with different versions, the Jupyter V5 uh, back in 2015, and then JupyterX. And there's also a JupyterX uh, uh, 2 coming up very soon. And so these versions are actually a reflection of our um, what we are learning from this. And uh, over time, we had the challenge of, you know, uh, updating the team or, or I mean, um, dramatically uh, updating the team, reconfiguring it, refactoring the code and, and stuff. Uh, it, it's going more challenging because the user base grows and it's very risky to just touch the critical parts of the team. It is. It is. Yeah. But... Uh, over years, we have, uh, you know, uh, you know, find, found the ways to minimize this and, you know, do this in a way that uh, not much of the legacy versions are affected, do our best to make uh, possible a seamless migration. And that was the first lesson. The, the, the second one was that this piece, piecemeal structure uh, should be, um, you know, taken uh, integrated and should be deeply considered when you're ideating any product for WordPress space. That was actually uh, uh, what helped us uh, ideating Grammatic. So Grammatic's uh, idea was like, okay, somebody, some client, some user has created uh, the website for their business or uh, their own personal use, anything. Now they want traction. They want more traffic. They want leads. Uh, what's the next thing to do? So we, we ideated Grammatic as a, uh, all-in-one solution that, uh, helps people, WordPress website owners to gain traction, gain leads, uh, with as much automation as possible without the need for marketing experts or marketing agencies as such. And, uh, that was also how grammatic evolved. So I see this theme so far, no pun intended, but I see a theme of, of empowerment, right? Like when you first started doing the, like the WordPress themes, like you saw that tension where it's like, hey, agencies aren't bad. And for the, some of the customers that you're working with, you wanted the customers to have that choice to be able to do it themselves. And it sounds like that, that was also part of the, the interest in grammatic is that, hey, with this, these other areas now, Marketing automation, that's a pretty big jump from like themes. So like what, how, what led you to that? Like what led you into that space? So while I was doing marketing for JupyterX as a marketing chief in the uh, company, I had my own challenge, I personally experienced, including a very cluttered space in marketing space. A lot of tools that you have to use for lead generation and then uh, nurturing them and then trying to retain them showing pop-ups, sending emails, you know, personalizing uh, pages for different segments of users. All, all of these have their own plugins inside and outside WordPress repository, right? So I thought, is it possible that we create something for WordPress community 
and uh, just unifying many of them into one dashboard uh, that not only makes it more affordable and easier to use, but also makes your marketing more smart because when you're using two tools for uh, collecting the leads and then communicating with them, uh, and then one another tool to personalize your homepage for them, they are not aware of each other. So your personalization, your marketing is actually not harmonized. They're not um, in harmony. Uh, they're not aware of each other. So that's how it helps in that way as well. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Woo. You do what you're good at, and when building your clients' WooCommerce shops, often it's a perfect opportunity to partner up with someone that fills in those gaps to make your client 100% happy. Mindsize has helped individual stores handle hundreds of millions of dollars worth of orders. They know their stuff. Their site performance audit with ongoing monitoring and iterative performance improvements are key to help you optimize your next client project. So with Mindsize, they're a great partner to consider, to hook up with, and make sure your clients are 100% satisfied with the performance of their sites. Visit Mindsize.com to learn more. If you have a client who's looking for a point-of-sale solution, consider suggesting Foo Sales. In fact, Foo Sales is the first native WooCommerce point-of-sale to support in-person payments using Square Reader. Now, you can use Foo Sales with the Square Terminal for your client projects, but the icing on the cake is that it not only works with Foo Sales iPad and Android apps, but the Foo Web app. So you really need to check this out if your clients have been asking for a point-of-sale solution or a new point-of-sale solution. Find them at foosales.com. And now let's head back to the show. One thing I'm curious about, so with Growmatic, so I'm, I, it's it's a new product to me. I wasn't very familiar with it until this. Is it a, like, does it run entirely in WordPress or does it have a SaaS component to it? It is a, actually a uh, SaaS service. Uh, excellent. So then it connects to WordPress. So you built a SaaS service. So that, that did you have to bring in, like, building a SaaS component in a service is a whole other line of thinking, right? Like it's... Like, what was that experience like getting into that? Like, where you've been building stuff for WordPress, you know the WordPress ways of doing things, and then you're going to build a SaaS. Like, how did you navigate that? It was actually a challenge. Uh, it was really a challenge, uh, both in the product design and the concept, the strategy, how you're going to gain traction, how you're going to communicate uh, with people um, inside WordPress community. There is no marketplace anymore and stuff. That was one challenge in, you know, you know, getting the traction and marketing side, there was also a technical challenge as well for uh, our development team led by Bob. And uh, it was that, okay, just like you said, Jonathan, we have developed plugins or teams. We know the code base uh, for WordPress and stuff. Suddenly we jump into a service, a SaaS service. So we, you know, we took this challenge and uh, it, but it didn't, uh, it wasn't so easy. But uh, we did this. We wanted to, you know, pay this price, and we were up for the challenge because uh, that was one of the, uh, you know, found the cornerstone ideas behind the product. Why? Because uh, you have worked with plugins and WordPress. All of uh, us have worked, 
these backend, front end thing that you have to do, this back and forth checking the, the, the post types, the meta fields back there. You have to deal with different things. There's customizer, there's front end, there's back end, there's post meta options and all. So we thought, how about we just create something in one space? It's a SaaS service, uh, very completely different user experience and user interface to make this, uh, you know, for the first time delicate, uh, and no dealing with all those uh, meta fields and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was why we took that challenge. How do you read the audience? That would be why my personal curiosity, because you played a lot with different services, products, themes, you got feedback from the marketplaces, from the users. What do you do with all of this to make a decision on what to build next? We were lucky to, that we changed, uh, the license for, uh, Jupiter X into full GPL because yeah, in two forests, uh, you have the option of making your item, uh, split GPL or full GPL, which was introduced actually later in, I think 2016 or something, uh, which is actually a point of a problem between the, the WordPress foundation and the, and Bado. but anyway, we wanted to connect to WordPress community and go outside this marketplace. Uh, model that was when we changed with Jupiter X in 2018. We changed the license to full GPL. That was how we actually uh, entered the WordPress community uh, by sponsoring, you know, different WordCamp events or speaking in WordCamp, WordCamp events about our experience uh, with going into GPL uh, and any other challenges we have had along the way. And that was. Very, very, uh, you know, uh, useful for us later on. When we were working on new services, we were, you know, able to collect feedback from valuable members in the community. And uh, that was one of the ways, uh, you know, that we could do the shifts. I'm curious, did, did you find that, did you find that difficult, like kind of going into the WordPress community? Like you made that decision. Was it an easy thing? Was it difficult? Like going to the WordCamps, like you'd been in it for a while. What was that like for you? He was an actor. He oh, yeah. Wouldn't have been difficult for him. <laughs> yeah. Anna actually uh, responded on behalf of me. Exactly. It wasn't personally difficult for me uh, because I was, I missed it. I actually like to go back on stage. Okay. So uh, it was a good opportunity for me to do that as well. Uh, but there were some other problems. Uh, you know, you always have the worry of, uh, your sales getting affected by change of the license because there are compet competitors in the marketplace who are not doing this and they are protecting their things, their items. Uh, but uh, for us, it was uh, an worthy idea. We wanted to take the challenge because the, the whole idea behind WordPress that made all this possible, including the, the marketplace, is this, is the open source. So we wanted to both uh, you know, give back to WordPress in that way and also, uh, the second one was actually, like I said, connecting to community outside the walls of a marketplace. So on that point of the GPL, because you're right, like people have fear about that. Like, oh, what does this mean? What was the effect to the business, positive or negative? Like, what did it do for you? Uh, well, my brother actually had a talk about had this in WordCamp uh, Greece, I think. Uh, just spe specifically about this, uh, and numbers and the you know statistics showed us that it was a positive effect, it, it, movement for our business. Uh, our sales weren't affected, and we were actually 
uh, gaining more exposure and traction from outside the search results in a in team forest or the top sellers charts where we are there. But uh, we also, um, I mean, our items is getting is being talked about outside. We can talk to influencers. We can talk to well-known community figures. It opens new opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely worth. So with Gromatic specifically, so you built a SaaS. How long ago did it launch? Like, what what's the sort of the history of Gromatic? So we have been wor- working, uh, you know, heavily on it for the past two years. So it was in beta uh, for about like six, seven months. And then we got out of the beta and we have been developing uh, new features for it and new, uh, you know, round of integrations from time to time with different plugins, with different platforms and trying to collect as much feedback as possible from our, uh, you know, users to, to improve it over time. Good. So it's so a couple of years. One of the things I love about WordPress and the WooCommerce ecosystem, which is also part of what makes it challenging, is its decentralized nature, right? Like there's you you have different places that you can go to, right? Um, you you have uh, do, have you guys done anything in the WooCommerce marketplace? Uh, the official marketplace, no. It's it's difficult to end up there, actually. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's th- that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, uh, but that. So, how have you approached that challenge? Because, so basically, a lot of the the go to market stuff in this ecosystem, you have to do yourself, right? Like, if if you want to grow something outside, so how how have you thought about that? How have you approached this? Like, you you know, you have a product, you're confident that you're solving a problem, you've done some early validation. How do you grow? Uh, we actually had some. Uh, we were known for WordPress themes, right? And uh, th- that also helped us in the product design and ideation and execution, everything. So we were lucky to, uh, you know, you had a reputation. You had something to start with. Yeah, th- yeah, that was that was the reputation. And also, we were lucky to connect to our very loyal users that are running agencies that built. Uh, on JupyterX actually, and uh, inviting them to use the product entirely for free, just so they let us know about what you think, because that opinion really matters, especially in the beginning. And uh, want to see if this uh, product is actually, you know, solving the the problems that their needs with, with regards to marketing automation. And that was uh, one important way. Uh, the second w- thing that we, uh, actually made use of was, uh, our connections to WordPress community members, like I said, and uh, we also had interviews, personal one-on-one interviews. These were all done during the, the beta, no, no, not even beta in the pre oh, before. Yeah. In the yep. pre-release stages, to validating it. Yep. Yeah. To just validate the idea. But after the, uh, release, we, uh, we haven't accepted any paid advertisement uh, up to this point because we don't think it's time for it. We have just uh, tried to reflect the the feedback that we receive from customers and uh, try to improve the product over time. Uh, and uh, at the same time, doing some content marketing to, you know, fill the gap between the marketing, uh, sorry, WordPress people and marketing automation because to some of them, it's... Uh, it's not anything. It doesn't mean anything. The, you have to define the need uh, or remind them how they need it and how such a thing can uh, benefit them. Uh, that's what we did with the content, content marketing, the, the active blog called Growth Mania in our website, Chromatics website. 
So these were basically our, um, you know, strategies for the beginning of the way. And also the growth hacking, uh, you know, techniques like, uh, how you can make, uh, your, your products, uh, you know, available for as many people with, uh, as many people as possible with minimum resources. Like I said, we didn't want to, you know, invest money into Google ads or Facebook ads and such, but we wanted to see how we can, you know, trigger this interest for our own, uh, JupyterX community and also, uh, outside that by defining custom pricing, by defining, you know, referral programs and such. So that these are actually a summary of uh, our marketing strategies at this point. Did you also list it on Product Hunt? Yeah, we actually uh, launched the product in Product Hunt right. uh, last year. And does it matter that you were based in Eastern Europe? This is an important question for me since I'm also based in Eastern Europe. So if you want to go to a global market from this point, is it somehow special or different? Did it help you somehow? So our company is co-located in Istanbul and, uh, you know, Hamburg. Uh, so we have been lucky to, uh, we have been lucky to, uh, you know, make use of the community, the, the, the great uh, developer community in both countries, but in different areas based on, you know, the capabilities. Uh, but since we have been, you know, always targeting our customers for, with a, within a global sc scope, uh, even with a marketplace and, and theme forest, we didn't have so like a demographic or a geolocational focus. Yeah, you're already global. From the beginning. Yeah, we were actually always trying to be global. So you, you in your case, starting the SaaS in the WordPress ecosystem, you had a significant advantage, which was an existing platform that you could tap into, right? With, with JupyterX and the community that you'd built there. What what guidance would you have to offer? So if someone is starting out and they don't have that, they have like they have the capabilities. So maybe it's a team, they have the design development capabilities, they can build a SaaS service and and they think and they're confident that they can solve a problem in the ecosystem, but they don't have the platform and existing momentum there. What what guidance would you offer? Where should they focus their energy? Well, I think that's that depends on what they want to build. Honestly, if uh, someone asks me, I want to build the WordPress team right now, I would answer them way different than I want to build a, a uh, plugin for dropshipping for WooCommerce or a checkout optimization plugin for WooCommerce, something like that. Because uh, Mark, the team space is very cluttered and saturated. And also... The future is changing. Yeah, yeah. the future is changing. There has been uh, new names and new standards like Elementor that actually changed the uh, the teams thing and the, the page builders thing forever together with Gutenberg, of course. So you have to make sure if you're building something new in that area, you have that in mind, these two names in mind. And also the competition is too, too high. Uh, but about plugins, I think that's the best time. I was reading a blog today about the searches related to WordPress and WooCommerce that has happened last, I mean, this year in 2021. And how it has spiked compared to even the, the, the previous year because of uh, the pandemic. Honestly, pandemic has affected ended everything. And there has been many people who shifted to home working, remote working, starting their own business from home, 
these are small businesses and they are looking for solutions. So if you can join this uh, race to, to grab some part of that uh, market by, you know, solving a problem or two from those people in e-commerce uh, space, I would definitely suggest that. It's not that I don't suggest anyone to enter team business uh, because, uh, like, we are there, but based on the experience, competition is higher and there's a lot more factors you have to take into account to minimize the, you know, unpredictable things. I have one more here. If you could do anything WordPress or WooCommerce related, build anything, have limitless resources, what would you build next? Uh, I actually, uh, we, we thought about this, that uh, kind of question uh, earlier this year and we started a, a new product, which is like a, an idea right now. And it's about, um, you know, WooCommerce websites, uh, who are chat, you know, who are dealing with the challenge of default Woo WooCommerce, um, you know, features, uh, the cart, the checkout, the, the ways that they can actually, uh, drive sales, collect leads and drive sales and retain and improve their sales and stuff like that. So we, we started this idea. We were working on that. So if I have that, uh, you know, chance of getting a lot of resources, I definitely use that, uh, into this, this new, new product in a bit specious. So one of the things I think a lot about is like strategic partnerships. My, my hypothesis is that the way that you grow in this ecosystem is through partnerships, right? Right. Like if you don't have a platform yet, you find someone who does, you figure out a way to pr solve a problem for them. And in the absence of like central marketplaces, I, I think it becomes more important than ever. What's your experience been like on that front? Has partnerships with other providers in the space been something that you've used? Like, how do you think about partnerships? Absolutely. Uh, especially if you don't want, do not want to go with the paid advertising and paid marketing, which I don't think is the smartest move, uh, especially for the startups. Uh, you definitely need to consider this kind of growth hacking uh, techniques. And the referral programs, affiliate programs, and partnership are definitely useful at this stage to give you exponential growth. And uh, we we also consider this in both TripleDirects and Grammatic, especially Grammatic, because Grammatic is about marketing and uh, it needs to. It's inevitably it inevitably needs to connect to other platforms. So. When you are connecting, you're making yourself, uh, you know, integratable with other tools. You are actually giving a chance to the users of that tool to come and use yours as well as, and vice versa. So um, that's why we, along the way, we have introduced uh, integration with um, different tools and plugins inside WordPress space and outside. For example, I don't know, MailChimp, Intercom, HubSpot, they all have their own loyal uh, user that they might want to give you a try when they see you're compatible with them. So yeah, it's definitely something to consider, especially for products in the startup stage. Excellent. Uh, when you think about the future, so you have changes in WordPress with full site editing, WooCommerce is growing at a rapid pace. Are, are there anything, I think there's a lot to be excited about in general in, in the ecosystem. Is there anything that you're, you feel concerned about as, as, a product company. You're building this space. You have a lot of momentum. You look at the future. Anything concerning to you? That's a good question. Uh, one thing is that uh, uh, lack of human resources, especially in these times when the, there's a very high demand for developer force. Designers the same way, but 
uh, there's there are many uh, you know uh, software companies and many you know uh, software startups uh, emerging, and they all are hiring. Uh, you know, they are looking for talents. So the talent pool is really uh, can be really limited based on where you are, and you have to get yourself used to remote working or distributed teams. Uh, so distributed teams, if you ask me after a decade of working as a distributed team, because we have always been at least 70% distributed. Once we had like 10 people, 12 people in Istanbul office, five people here in Hamburg office. But after pandemic, it's gone almost zero. It's just my brother, me and Bob, maybe sometime. Well, some of us in Istanbul, some of us in Hamburg, but everyone else, we are like about 20 people team right now, more than that. Uh, the, working remotely from different countries. So this has been uh, both, um, you know, rewarding and, uh, you know, not rewarding in some uh, different ways. Uh, so finding the uh, talent pool in the Corona times because the demand is so high is one challenge. Controlling your team, especially in my area, maybe not in development, uh, but in my area in marketing, I really did, uh, prefer in-house teams. That is almost impossible. Uh, right now, uh, that is also another challenge. The time zone problems or, or many other like uh, other challenges relates related to managing the the team or the projects, especially when you're dealing with like different products. We're like working on three, four products right now. So this grows, and um, these two challenges that I said are, yeah. Are one of our concerns. Last question from me. So when you think about the WooCommerce space broadly, we have a lot of builders who listen, who are you know, building plugins, extensions, who are maybe doing service businesses. Uh, if you take the sum of your experience and the lessons that you've learned over the years, are there any pieces of guidance that stand out for someone who is maybe new to the WooCommerce space and kind of getting in and and they recognize opportunities, but maybe not sure where to start? Like, What general guidance would you offer for folks who are new? Folks who are new to the space, I would suggest uh, focus on the needs of this very day. And uh, like I said, go for something that people need right now. It's independent businesses without, uh, you know, the need to, you know, spend a lot of budget and money in the beginning of the way, making uh, affordable solutions for them to start and thrive their businesses. Um without the need for many tools. And I'm sure that's going to prove rewarding over time. Excellent. Well, Maziar, I really appreciate all of that. Where, if folks want to learn more about you, where where can they go? What's a good way to get connected with you? So uh, I'm on Twitter. I think the, the only favorite social media uh, channel is Twitter, <laughs> at least in our community. Uh, and my handle is anti-alias back to it. It's a little, uh, you know, maybe complicated. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this comes from my icon design background, uh, which is part of my you know past. So yeah, it's anti Elias factory, and uh, I will be happy to connect with any of your audience and uh, share great things where possible. I have one more here. So, what's the story behind the pinned picture that you have on your Twitter account? Uh, the pin picture is uh, me and my sister. And? So uh, we were in WordCamp Europe for uh, 2018 in Serbia, uh, if I'm not wrong. And that was one great night in the after party. 
Great time. Yes, yes. That was a good that was a good one. That was a good time. I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I want to give a special thanks to our pod friends, Mindsize, which does some fantastic WooCommerce work, and Foo Sales, which has built some a great WooCommerce uh, product. So Maziar, thank you so much for joining us and look forward to connecting again. Absolutely, guys. That was a pleasure uh, talking in this session and uh, hope to uh, see you guys uh, with uh, great new episodes in future and wish you guys all the best. 